0: Hi, I'm Rich Wynn.
1: And I'm Rebecca Nixon. And this is the PropTech, PropTech Growth
0: Podcast. Every episode, we interview an expert in the PropTech startup space, gathering their advice and expertise to help you run a successful PropTech business.
1: I'm the portable PropTech CMO, and I help PropTech startups build and scale their commercial growth strategy.
0: I'm Rich from Rich Wynn Consultancy. I specialize in operations, sales, and process, helping fintechs and proptech companies to grow. Is it nice
1: over there yeah it's been really nice actually it's been lovely and warm and sunny yeah for a good few days almost a week now actually and we're expecting more of the same doing would you settle down please
0: good I thought it always rained in Wales but obviously you get the also, odd here and
1: we actually get loads of sunshine yeah. and we actually talked about it yesterday Luke was like you do realize it rains twice as much here as it did when we lived in the cotswolds and I'm like I mean, I'm sure it does, but I don't feel that. Like, I'm enjoying the, the weather. I think it's really nice. So, yeah. I don't
0: good know. Of, uh, photosynthesis for the plants, for all your uh, garden stuff as yeah. well.
1: Oh, my gosh. You've got so much stuff growing at the moment. It's amazing. Really? Yeah. yeah. You name it.
0: How's uh, how's Pitch Perfect going? You seem to be pretty happy with it last time we spoke. All, mm-hmm. all good.
1: I've got four startups doing it. Um, I've got a few more in the pipeline, but not as many as I'd like, which is why I sent an email campaign out this morning, trying to get a, a few more in. Yeah, it's good. I finally got it to the point where I'm really happy with the process and yeah. I've managed to get the sessions down from two hours to 90 minutes.
0: Oh, that's good.
1: Which is good because that means I can book in sessions with half hour breaks in between. And then I don't have to be back to back all day long. The first company I signed up, Um, they just finished, and they loved it so much that they want to keep working together. So
0: Brilliant. That's amazing.
1: Yeah.
0: That's that's at least one company that you've fooled, you know what you're doing.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's good, it's good. No, it's really good, it's a
0: great idea, and um, yeah, you're making the most of it, and and well done you, because uh, yeah. If you can't market your own course and make it successful, then what are you even doing?
1: No, what are doing in marketing if I can't? Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> I've just been out walking for two hours, enjoying the sun and having a coffee. Um, so,
1: I'm glad that you did that.
0: Yeah, you need to. I put out a post today about mental health and stuff like that. And I do think without that walk in the morning, like I walk to get a coffee, but I walk about anywhere from 5 to 10k. And um, yeah, wow. so I walk quite quickly. But... Um, I put my like my running shoes on to do it as well so i know that i'm not gonna knacker up my knees any more than they already are on my back um so yeah it's good and I, I think it's so important especially on a day like this just take half an hour like it, walk to a beer garden tonight <laughs> like you know mm-hmm. perfect night it's going to be cooler but it's still going to be really nice and warm like you know I, i'm not going to be wearing, Well, i've been wearing trousers for obviously i've been wearing shorts and i've been walking around naked but (laughs) i had to wear jeans for the last two days um for various things and it's absolutely killed me i'm just Mm. like it's it's one because i need to get back to the gym but two like yeah it's uh it's good and i I think it is important and um like i was mentoring on monday at block dojo or like doing the initial sort of introductions and and Mm. the startups. And, you know that was one of the questions though, like a couple of the, the founders were asking me like you know around loneliness mental health stuff like that mm-hmm. um and um yeah it is so important so mm-hmm. um, and i don't condone drinking i don't think that's a, a great thing to to do but walking to a beer garden of a cranberry juice or a, a guinness like guinness is healthy apparently um or the more healthy but still, not healthy.
1: Yeah, like in moderation.
0: Having... Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Moderating. Or it's walk to ice cream van and get an ice cream, or you know, yeah. you to do do something nice and and just get out. Because if you sat in the same place the whole day, it's like being sat in tension, isn't it?
1: Yeah.
0: You've it's got so to go and, You know, if it's not exercise, just do something else that you enjoy.
1: Well, our routine in the morning has become because um, Luke has to open up the polytunnel the greenhouse and stuff get the farm ready for the morning so I get Duran up and I take him down into our first field where we've got some chairs set up and he has a bit of a run around Luke opens up the farm and makes us a couple of coffees and comes down and meets me down there and we sit down out in the sunshine with the dog having a cuppa and a chat just about our day before we go inside or crack on with work and yeah, just that half hour or so first thing in the morning makes such a huge difference.
0: That sounds amazing. I mean, I think you've got a great lifestyle. I'd love to do what you, what you're doing, but that sort of thing to be able to do that in the summer, just mm-hmm. so light and peaceful and quiet and dog runs at its just class. So mm-hmm. yeah, insanely yeah. jealous on that. Well,
1: we are far from perfect. We have had many, many challenging moments, and I think the. Biggest lesson that we've learned is it's very easy to sort of idealize the country lifestyle but if you are a startup person like both of us are you will take that with you wherever you go and our first year here was honestly way more stressful than any startup I've ever been in because we took that approach here we wanted to do everything at once we got totally overwhelmed and stressed when it was supposed to be this fun relaxing thing and i think it's really really important to the the lifestyle or the energy that you're seeking in yourself to cultivate that internally first and foremost and then carry it with you wherever you go whether it's to live on a farm or to walk down the road to go to a beer garden or get an ice cream that's something that's internal rather than external
0: yeah and I, I i mean it's obviously it's always hard starting up and you know you, you've never properly started a startup like in tech so you don't really know what it's like but yeah you you, you know you set up your little hobby business in marketing so uh, <laughs> well
1: yeah. luke's been oh, yeah, Luke. a
0: yeah Luke luke's not you though is he
1: no no I have never co-founded I've been many a first employee but never a co-founder and I intentionally
0: well, you, don't, you, don't, you don't have to
1: don't <laughs> there's a reason I am not in that position I've yeah I yeah. see how, how strong you have to be to do that and I think you know what I think I'd rather just stick with what what I do <laughs>
0: yeah yeah I think you're right and yeah so uh, tell me a uh, uh, Obviously, I, I sort of, we spoke about it at the, the start. But tell me a, a, a little bit about Pitch Perfect and, and what it does, and like not necessarily the modules, but you know, I know you were writing them, mm. and doing them. Obviously, it's stuff like you say that's in your head. You just need to get it down on on, on paper and, and, and sort of. So yeah, tell me about that.
1: So essentially, as we know, um, the way to build a relationship with clients um, and to develop your customer pipeline is um, first they like you, then they trust you, then they buy from you. And I think trying to get that across to founders on a very high level works. But what often ends up happening is they always end up talking about the product and they get far too into their own little world of their business. Which is completely understandable. That's the four walls that they are living in, but what it does is it causes them so many problems when it comes to marketing and selling their product. Um, and I think it's been such a consistent issue that I've seen with so many prop tech startups is just focus on product, focus on themselves and what they're doing and why it matters, and then they're like nothing's converting. Um, and so pitch perfect is very much about having developed a framework whereby a founder can build those relationships with their target market really understand them get into their shoes empathize with them and ensure that everything that they're putting out there in terms of their messaging is connecting with the customer and so it's much more easier said than done, but I take them through that whole process um, of, yeah, understanding the customer, prioritizing the messaging, um, and then we do a bit of work on which channels to use and how to get it out there and how to engage with people. But yeah, ultimately it is a messaging piece of work and it's really, really foundational and fundamental and it's something that I feel I need to do with every client before I can even look at things like branding or marketing channels or growing a team like I've got frameworks for all of that other stuff and that's all really important but none of that will have any remarkable effect if your messaging isn't right so that's what it's all about
0: yeah it's good I like it and I think it's a great like you say before you start working with the client you want to either know all that like from them or have them in a place where, where they've got that and then you can immediately see where you can help that client and that's probably why you've been taken on by the first client that you had Um because it's one thing taking a, a equivalent of five-week course um but then you actually got to put that in practice and with everything else going on that's a hard thing so you know yeah. having a portable uh, CMO just makes sense uh, so yeah no, it's, it's really good Really good.
1: Yeah, and I just as I said, I just had uh, my first client finish the course, course program, prefer program. <laughs> so, Cause I'm not just throwing information at you. We work together on it. Um and the feedback was really, really positive. Um and yeah, I've got a number of other people doing it as well, and they're they're all loving it. So so far so good.
0: Excellent. Really good. Yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. Um yeah it's for uh, the um christopher watkin episode on the podcast um where he goes into detail about that get someone to like you and then they buy from you and, uh, mm. that mountain that he sort of made mm. us draw out and you know went over that again is is is, is massive um mm. and yeah it's it's really good i think what's, what's been great about this podcast is you know one People watch them and listen to them, which is always nice. Um, but I, I can say that I, I will learned so much by speaking to these experts. It doesn't even matter if they're in prop tech or not, like, we're lucky that, that a lot of them are. Um, but just you know, overall, what I've taken from each sort of episode, either editing it or just watching it back, there's so much stuff in there, and it, it yeah. is hard to. Comprehend everything that's going on, even in a like four to 40 forty-minute podcast. Whereas mm-hmm. if you've got it down in a very structured way, as you have, and I, I know that you're structured, it just makes it so much easier. And you can take the things that you've learned as well as your experience. And yeah, I just think it's great. I think I think it'll be really successful, or more successful than it's already. Um, well done, well done, you on that.
1: Oh, thanks. Appreciate that. um What about your audit? You've been doing a.
0: PropTech tech audits. Yes, yeah, it's, it's going all right. I mean, I think it's it's an interesting time at the moment, and I've not marketed it at all, really. I've spoken to people about it, and and, and I've done a, a, a couple, and I you know I enjoy doing it, and I, I love looking through people's businesses anyway. Um, but what I'm really enjoying and have enjoyed is the mentoring side of things unfortunately it doesn't pay at the moment um, but like I, I really really enjoy getting into people's businesses and, and and you know giving them some some advice and you know saying what I think you know they can do and then looking at you know your processes your operations because I, I was saying to um, uh, my business partner this morning um, it's so important that we keep going back to this is actually what we want to achieve mm because you can get lost in the process and things happening and it's actually let's every month take some time and go back and look at what we achieve and actually if it's becoming really labor intensive well that's the whole point of this was for it not to be labor intensive
1: yeah so, God, so true
0: it's it's keeping that that going as well as trying to um, put uh, put processes in place and you know ultimately is about sales and I know obviously from what you said about pitch perfect um you know that that the marketing side of it ultimately leads to sales because they go hand in hand anyway um so yeah I, I i'm enjoying it and um you know it could be busier um but you know i've have got so much going on that um you know it, it, it's really good fun so yeah it's, it's it's all right it's all right but like you you sort of have ideas and change stuff up and you know at the start when when we first met you know it's all about just working with with companies as a city. and now that's uh, sorry cmo and that's sort of changed into i can still do that but i can also do this yeah this, this is the variety that i've got and i think you know that's that's i've, I've got that i just need to get my ass in gear and, and sort of that and obviously I'm, I'm still doing a lot of work with inventory base um which is brilliant and uh you
1: know
0: uh, yeah just, they're getting on so um yeah I, i've got lots going on and uh obviously some big news coming up soon um so that that's really exciting um so yeah just uh keeping my head down and uh getting some money in which is ultimately what business is isn't it trying to balance everything and um make money so yes yeah, it's, it's good but yeah the one thing that i'm enjoying the most is the thing that i don't get paid for uh, which is a bit strange but uh, yeah it, okay. it is the mentoring side and again it, it all it all ties in with what i'm doing you know with the audit and and the sort of the process and sales process and all that sort of mm-hmm. stuff it all ties into the mentoring so maybe i just need to find a way to monetize mentoring but it's pretty much the same thing it's just how you market it so it comes across properly so yeah maybe we'll have a conversation about that marketing is easy it's just really boring um so uh yeah M- maybe you're what, sorry
1: you're such a wind up yes i'm not yes. taking the bait rich
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah um so yeah no it's 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 good and um i think it's interesting where the industry is at the moment obviously I, i've spoken to so many people and they're just like we just went for funding and then mm-hmm. i'm speaking to people you know people have been trying to get funding for the last six months or whatever. And they're like, it's just a different market. Like 2022 to 2023, it is just completely different. And this is not companies who are potentially going out of business or their runway is three months or six months or whatever. This is, you know, we need to scale. We want the funding, um, but you know, we just need to find it. And I think with pre-revenue firms and, and, and also, you know, those with a, a, a small MRR, if you cannot show, a big amount of money coming in, people are just not interested. It's the long mm-hmm. and, and and why, you know, ultimately why would they be? Like, you know, old trustonomics killing us off. Like, you know, it's um yeah, it's difficult. It's difficult. But uh yeah, I think the the, the best companies will will keep going, but I think we will start to see some drop off in the same way we're seeing drop off with with agents, you know, just, just wrapping up. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, the whole sort of process taking six months and everything like that. It's mm. just uh you know, I don't know how how a lot of them are surviving. But
1: yeah, and everyone's trying to sell to agents at the moment as well. Yeah. Like half the prop techs I speak to are trying to sell to agents. <clears throat> There's so much noise. The agents have so many struggles and challenges of their own at the moment, unless you're directly addressing those. You're not gonna get anywhere with agents
0: no it's, it's, for them, market. It to be well it always is, but how can I get more listings if you've got something that helps them to get and we're talking obviously residential because I think that's where most of our our business is um you know I don't know that much about the commercial space if I'm honest um I, I do know a couple of really good companies in the, in that area um yeah I, I think the residential market is is tough and unless you can do something that shows instant we're going to bring you more cash in yeah you know
1: yeah and you have to be able to demonstrate that really really well you can't just claim because everyone's talking about the usp is we increase efficiency we save you money we do this we do that and it's like everyone says that every single startup you talk to has the same three point usp increase efficiency reduce costs delight your your customers yeah you really have to differentiate and really quantify what it is you're bringing to the table
0: yeah and it, it like you said it needs to be a consistent message you know you you've got to use your you can like webinars and what appearing on things and just getting that consistent message across that we can save you money because it's one thing to cold call an agent and just say you know we can save you money or even if they respond on your website you've then got to you know convince them that it's, this is the right thing to do and you know the, obviously the rent is reform bill i don't think it's an act is it? it is bill um you know uh, landlords are apparently less interested now and in, you know selling up and stuff like that i think it's all a, a little bit um out of proportion i can't mm-hmm. see having been a landlord and been through a load of rubbish um you know things always change and they're never as bad as you think and where people are selling up other landlords will just take the property on because there's still so much money in it um and you know since they you know they added the three percent stamp duty in whenever it was uh, 2015 16 maybe 14 um you know there's always been a battle against landlords and um you know it, it is what it is at the, at the end of the day
1: yeah
0: I, I think it would be fine you know you get good tenants you get good la- uh, bad tenants you get good landlords you get bad landlords uh you know it's it's you
1: know, and the, the world, world keeps turning
0: exactly exactly um so yeah yeah i've become so, a real um, sorry no
1: no um Uh, I decided to put together a prop tech founder survival guide Um, and I talked to a number of clients about sort of what are the the main issues that you have what's the most painful stuff that you're dealing with at the moment particularly things that you don't like talking to people about number one was the mental health issue and a number of other things as well So I emailed a bunch of people today being like, look, this is what PropTech founders are telling me. Do you have anything that you want to add or share to be addressed in this this guide? And I got an email back from a PropTech VC. And I won't name names, but he responded with, well, this isn't really PropTech specific, so I'm not sure I can help. And I just thought, First of all, you've completely missed the point because your job is to work with founders and the number one issue they have is a universal human challenge. So instead of going, oh, that's really interesting, you've got, oh, well, that's nothing to do with me. It's just completely unempathetic. But also the reason I didn't write some of the more ProcTech specific things that I have on my list from founders is they're not very complimentary of VCs? Yeah. So I thought, well, I won't put those in. Maybe I should have, and then this guy would have got the prop tech specific content he wanted.
0: Yeah. Obviously, I saw that email, and um, I think, uh, yeah, w- w- one of the things I just don't understand at all: how f- how founders don't know what acronyms are. Go on Google, work them out. Like you know, I want I I haven't responded yet, but I nearly responded with I can answer all these questions really quickly and easily for you. (laughs) Like you know, go to Doctor Google and you're pretty much all right. That's
1: Um, true, but there are exceptions to that because in a niche topic, it can actually be hard to Google an acronym and get what you're looking for.
0: Yeah, yeah, but then do you really even need acronyms? How many acronyms are there that you actually
1: that we don't need? Yeah,
0: yeah. As long I as think, you do.
1: I think, in particular, some because we've talked about this before, right? There's two kinds of prop tech founders: the prop founders and the tech founders. People from a property background, people from a tech background, and people from a pop property background are like, I don't know what PAM is. I don't know what CAC is. You know, they don't know the the sort of startup metrics. Um, And then the people who are from a tech background, they don't know what RICS means, they don't know, you know, what a lot of the sort of industry specific stuff is. And you almost need, yeah, a way of bridging that gap. Apart from Google, I think Google is, yeah, number one stop for the tech people, but not for the property people.
0: Yeah, and I think um, it's easy to say, but no no one's out there to see you do badly. Just ask someone if you're not sure.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You will know someone else in the space or just reach out or put on LinkedIn. Like, no, no one cares if you know what the acronyms are or not. If they can help you, there will be someone who just, like, LinkedIn message them right, and just say, I'm struggling with this. You seem to have, like, a really good take on it. Um, can you just let me know? And it's going to be two minutes someone time, and they'll just message you back. Yeah, like no, no one, no one cares if you, you you know it or not. People should just be interested in what their business is doing and and how they're doing, and if they can help someone out, which everyone seems to be what you know happy to help people out in the same way people have appeared on our podcast who have no idea who we are. Like you know they're 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 happy to do that. You just have to ask, and it's obviously a confidence thing. Um, but yeah, you just need to get over it and do it.
1: I completely agree. I actually think that's some of the best advice I've ever heard for that podcast because so often people are really afraid to show vulnerability or a lack of knowledge in a certain area. And it's really detrimental for them to be able to, to overcome that. But actually just ask no one no one who's not a complete asshole is gonna laugh at you for not knowing something that. Okay, to them might seem very basic and fundamental, but we've all got blind spots.
0: Yeah, I mean, um, they just won't answer. Like like that, and then they might say something about you behind your back, but it's just like, who cares? Like you literally have no bearing on my business whatsoever. It's like founders (laughs) sometimes just need to get a harder skin and just like grow a pair and, and, and get out there. Because if you think it's affecting your business, that you need to know these acronyms then like i said just ask someone there's loads of people out there who want to work with you such as like me or you like just ask someone like yeah, it's, it, it's not it, it doesn't need to be a big thing but then sometimes they just need someone to say that to them um but yeah i mean that would, that would be being maybe maybe you need to do a uh, a video on the different acronyms like, oh yeah i
1: can probably say, do that
0: yeah so, i mean, like the talking clock like T-A-M. <laughs> I don't, i don't even know what yeah i don't know what t-a-m is but i have to look it up when you were first talking about it like tam sam cam whatever mm-hmm. you are all about like i was like what the hell is that like <laughs> i didn't need to know the acronym because i already understood the concept mm-hmm. but then it's interesting to know but again dr google helped me out with that one so mm-hmm. um yeah yeah it's interesting
1: one of the other ones i thought was quite telling is i i have three clients who um for whom english is not their first language um and all three of them are excellent communicators but it really affects their confidence because they're like oh i don't know the word for this thing or that thing or i have to think through everything in my first language before i translate it to english but honestly like every single one of them are better communicators than some of the native english speakers that i know uh they worry about their spelling grammar punctuation using the wrong words um but again i find that vulnerability is very endearing and you just like them more because they're trying like they're actually making an effort to do what they're doing which is really admirable
0: yeah and then again they just have to play to their strengths if yeah. that's what they need to then they need to get people on the phone or they need to do videos rather than writing something down my grammar's appalling like i, I write how i speak and you know apart from all the ums and ahs and uhs or whatever but you know it, it's it, again just play to your strengths mm-hmm. no no one really knows grammar like you know i i i, I don't know what you know, half the stuff, my seven-year-old's smarter than me at, at grammar and stuff like that and always, you know, telling me the right words and stuff like that. If I don't know something or I can't think of a word, I just say photosynthesis because it's a big word that some people may or may not know. And then it's sort of almost a laughing point, And then you just go from there. Um, so if they're excellent communicators, they just need to get like, you know, you'll point them in the right direction. They just need to get the channel that suits, suits them best and not worry about it because, you know, who really cares? Like yeah. I understand if it's like company documentation or you know brochure or whatever they're doing or an ebook or whatever that is, they want to make sure it's right. Just send someone to proofread.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Someone to proofread. And you know, they'll probably come back and have made it worse with regards to grammar. Because like you're saying <laughs> <laughs>
1: Good help isn't that the brightest
0: people in the world. Um, you know, I, I've got degree in politics and international relations, but I don't remember anything from it. And I I can certainly tell you that the grammar was shocking in my dissertation, um, you know, with sort of 400 word sentences and stuff like that. But, you know, you just do what you do, don't you? And uh, uh, again, same with coming to market with with you you sort of MVP, just get it out there, don't wait till it's perfect. Mm -hmm. If people come back to you and say, oh, actually I think, you know, but that's brilliant because that's free advice. And, and so i think it is just you know yeah so yeah I, I will email you back and just tell you my thoughts on stuff i've already given yeah. them, really as in just grow a pair and get it out of there but yeah. you know that that is what you need to do because no, no one wants to see you fail doesn't matter if they're a direct competitor That's or whatever true. no one wants to see you fail everyone just wants their business to do well like there's, a, there's every space look at the mortgage market you know there was so many there are so many mortgage brokers like six eight thousand in the uk all doing the same thing there's nothing really different about how like obviously with digital brokers it's, it's it's not really different it's just a lead generation machine that's that you know it's a better ux for the customer rather than having to go over the fact find on the phone or whatever they can fill it out in their own time all that sort of stuff you know it, it the the market is big enough for everybody mm. if you want a product like or the right thing for that time or you can you know Put it across how you want to so yeah it is interesting though i have I've thought of a couple of other things that that i i've sort of people have spoken to me about um over the last week so yeah it's it's good i think that would be useful maybe you have a put a um almost like a what's called an index at the back with a load of acronyms in in your guide and just say tam means i don't even know what it is but i do know oh, what it is I just off my head yeah yeah total dressable market um yeah. and then you've almost taken that one away and it's like yeah. you know this is put a quiz in there which is which has the best grammar like on four different <laughs> parameters or whatever what do you think is right and you could make them all wrong but some you know and and do you know what i mean however inter- interactive it is and you
1: know yeah you give- no that's really fun i hadn't thought of doing anything interactive but i really like that actually yeah cool.
0: because i think it's, it's obviously you would answer the questions but mm-hmm. it would be interesting to get like three or four people's different takes on it like mine for all of them would just be grow a pair and ask someone like <laughs> but, you, you know <laughs>
1: being it, a wuss <laughs> yeah
0: exactly um so yeah i it, it it's good, I like it though. Again, a, a, another really good idea. Um, and yeah, I, I think you'll get some some good take up on that because you know how to market. So you're gonna get some some take up, um, yeah.
1: I genuinely also just really like helping. And I think most people get enjoyment from helping other people. That's why your advice about just asking works because people want to help they want to be able to give you an answer and make your day in their five minutes of effort so I get real pleasure out of developing anything that I know actually helps people and so when I talk to my clients these sorts of things come to the fore they go oh this is a problem or that's a problem and it doesn't matter if it's a marketing problem or not if it's a problem and it's my client's problem it's my problem (laughs) and I care to help and whatever I can do to help with that okay maybe the only thing I can do to help is to steer you towards someone in whom that is their area of expertise but that's something um rather than be the person who goes oh well that's not my remit
0: yeah yeah and you know we've asked each other stuff like if if, a know different clients and stuff like that because we've got different skill sets i again if when i can be bothered to respond i respond like and same same with you You like you you're busy like but if if we can help each other we just help each other like you know we've never met we don't really know each other like you know oh oh yeah we have met because you're a hobbit so i remember that but
1: uh, (laughs) but, (laughs) but,
0: yeah but we started working together like just through a couple of phone calls and a couple of emails, like yeah. we didn't meet for like three months or whatever. But we were both helping each other out. Relatively new, like obviously not with us, but, but you know what I mean. Um, yeah. With our own little businesses, so yeah. Uh, and and everyone's there to help. And I think that's why I like mentoring um, because it's uh, you know it, it's giving advice and helping people and things that they haven't thought of. Like it's always nice, and then it makes the person who's giving it away feel good because they're like, oh, I'm quite knowledgeable actually. And it also helps the other person. So again, it's a feed their ego. And yeah, that's a, a good one. Grow <laughs> grow some balls and feed their ego of people that you, <laughs> you know, you're an expert. Please tell me what TAM means. Total addressable market. Brilliant, okay. And what does that actually mean? Speak to someone in marketing. Uh,
1: <laughs> All the people out there that might buy your stuff. It doesn't have the same ring to it, does it?
0: no but yeah, it's it's good i think i think that'll be interesting to see what you come up with on that um
1: i mean some of it is just a bunch of crap that people don't need to know anyway i remember the number of startups i worked with that in their pitch decks would always be talking about their cac to ltv ratio i'm like you've got a niche b2b SaaS product can you just make sure that you're spending less money than you're making? Because actually that's your biggest problem. (laughs) I don't care about your LTV to CAC ratio. Our average onboarding cost is 30 grand per client and our average contract is 15 grand per client. Yeah. 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 There's a lot of smoke and mirrors in that world. Maybe that's, Need to write the list of acronyms yes to ltv ratio a bunch of bullocks that is a waste of your time
0: yeah <laughs> yeah definitely definitely and I, I think that's key and i think that's the best advice that you can give <laughs> have more money coming in than you have going out like that that is ultimately it like if, if you this want to boost or you want to be to bc I, or even just raise money from a bank or, you know, uh, debt or however you want to do it. Um, it. You know, ultimately you need to have a plan where you bring in more money than you than you spend. And if you're at the start, you might feel like you need to spend 10 grand a month and then you get two grand in, but I'm telling you now, it's a waste of time. Don't do it. You'll, you'll never get back to where, you, you know, where you want to be on that, or you'll get to five and five and you might break even. But, you know, where's where's the value in that you can't live off nothing forever um so
1: yeah well a lot of those metrics really are a smokescreen to try and encourage people to invest in a company that isn't going anywhere yeah and i'm not saying that about the specific metric we were just discussing but i mean in general focusing on dozens of different kpis and metrics is a really great, great way to distract yourself from ever having to build a fundamentally successful business.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's the old hiding behind a spreadsheet or you know whatever, trying to work out something that doesn't need to be worked out. You just need to be out there developing your business and, and getting out there and speaking to people, ultimately. Yeah. If you're not doing that at the start of your business, you ain't got a chance.
1: No, and the number of times I speak to a startup, particularly when they've got a salesperson on the call, And I ask them what their biggest problem is. And the salesperson almost always will say, I don't have enough leads coming in. And I'm like, "Okay, have you done an exercise where you work out your TAM and you figure out how many leads are out there in the universe for you to go, uh, go and get? Well, no, but we think it's about this much. All right. Have you actually just gone through and identified them and reached out to them? Well, we sent an outreach email to a thousand people and it had a 12% bounce rate. Like, what are you doing? Leads exist out there in the world and your job is to go get them. They're not necessarily going to come to you and you need to actually offer them value and engage with them and build a relationship so that they understand why they should even talk to you. And I just keep hearing these excuses like, oh, no one's coming in. And it's like, they're not going to.
0: Yeah
1: they've got
0: stuff going on. But, uh, and again, it all starts with the founder. You know, if they haven't set up a proper sales process or actually worked that out, what's the point of hiring a salesperson to come in and and you waste X amount on their salary and you haven't even got a process for them or you expect them to build a process. Actually, they don't care as much about the business as you do, they're just there for a salary. Like ultimately that's what, you know, there's salary and commission, that's what salespeople do. so if you don't have the right process to start with, or you haven't set it up properly, or you might've hired the wrong person because you, you know, they say, oh, I can set up a process for you and all that sort of stuff. But actually when it gets to it, I've just not got enough leads coming in to do that. Well, go out and get some. Yeah. But it's the founder crazy. should be doing that for, or depending on who the founding team is, someone should be setting that up for you. Like, and you should, then you can just come in and, and get going and know what you're meant to do.
1: Yeah. and the excuses do get boring and I wonder if fundamentally it's because so many people have an idea that they think is great but actually isn't yeah Yeah. it's something we can all be guilty of it's the fear that I have about my own business on a regular basis yeah yeah but the fact that I have that here, uh, fear and ask that question and try to address that hopefully means that I'm aware enough to not end up in that pitfall. But the number of people who have an idea that just isn't that compelling and they think that any number of different activities is going to fix that. Yeah. If you haven't sold to one person yet, you've got a big problem.
0: Yeah. But it, it's, you know, again, it's practice what you preach. You've you've sent out an email to various different people in you know various different guises, saying you know what do you think of this? But VCs come back and said, "Well, oh, I don't think anything about it. I don't care." Um, you know, and if everybody comes back and says that, that it's that's pro- it's probably not a good idea. Like it might seem like a really good idea, but like you know, obviously the point is then to get business. But if no one gets anything from you know the the guide, you're mm-hmm. not going to get from it like nope. you market the hell out of it but it doesn't matter you're not going to get business from it so if everyone comes back and says i don't think this is a great idea or i don't see it or have you seen this it's already been done yeah like, you have a look at the success of it or it's been done for a general rather than prop tech then either you can steal those ideas and then just put it out specific for prop tech <laughs> which is an option um or you know you know not to waste your time on it and then put more into something else where yeah. you know it's like you know more into pitch and less into um to this. And 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 that's why it's interesting. That's why business is interesting and, and, and good fun. Um well,
1: I love test split testing ideas. So something I don't usually do is run ad campaigns, but occasionally I'll run an ad campaign on LinkedIn. And I um it was just an ad for pitch perfect, but um I wanted to test or five different sets of messaging and just see what was the most engaging so that I can scale that up and use it and it was very revealing no I didn't make any sales through that campaign but I learned a lot Um, and the most compelling um, piece of content across that campaign was something around how um, founders are spinning too many plates. How can we make things easier for you? That That's really generic messaging, right? That's not tech specific. Yeah, yeah. But that was the one that got the highest level of engagement. So that's what I'm going to use for other things now.
0: Yeah. And it, it's, I can't remember if it was a podcast or it was, it was last time we we spoke. You were saying how LinkedIn ads are so much better than google and you know for what you're trying to do and it's, again practice what you preach it's good for your clients to know that you're you've done it and you've got yes. to give them one up because you've already got that information but it also you can explain to well i've done this and it's created this and it's cost me x but i've got x coming in and you can you know this is how it works yeah, i, it's I think that's, that's really good
1: let's build it for you too yeah Yeah and it is a blueprint and yes there are customizable unique things about every business but at the end of the day ultimately there are things that work and things that don't and ways to figure out what they are that are very practical and very implementable by any business just need to know what you're doing. Yeah. And I'm sure it's the same for you with ops and sales process and stuff right?
0: Yeah yeah I mean I'm long enough in the tooth to know what sales processes work and what, what don't or have a basic standard. I know that this works because I've done it in my own businesses. I've done it in the financial services industry. I've done it in commercial real estate in Dubai. I, I know what works as a sales process. In Dubai, it's having a WhatsApp group of investors and sending them a property and of like six investors. Some of them will be interested, some of them won't. I'll tell them what we do by, and, and then we do it and that was my sales process and that worked for that is that going to work over here probably not but you know again but you have to build up that that relationship with people but yeah i love whatsapp is if i could do all my business on whatsapp i would be great um but yeah yeah it's, it's there's only so many sales processes that you can have and i feel like i've i've refined you know what the best ones are but again if you're two years into your business you've got six months of runway left and you're getting some business in from what you're doing to then convince someone well, actually you get a lot more business doing this but it's going to take three months for you to see anything again mm-hmm. it's like, and that's where a lot of businesses are at the moment and uh, mm-hmm. but I, I, I think yeah, it's interesting it's good fun and uh, yeah like anything in like business is it's yeah
1: it's yeah good. so what do we say to all of those founders that are in that horrible position right now of just being really stressed because they're running out of runaway and it doesn't look like there's another round coming in. What do you do?
0: You drop everything and you make more sales. You literally just, all you do for 12 hours a day is try and sell. Like you make the contacts, you use whatever mediums that you want, like, but you just need to make sales. That is the only way you're going to increase the life of your company. And so it doesn't, I don't care what you do with the product, just drop it. Like you've got an MVP, you know, if you've been going one, two years, you've you've got a good product, like in, in most cases, whether anyone wants that product is a different thing. But the only way to do it is for you to sell. And how, you you know, you want to do that if it's like marketing, but you only have a set period of time. So you need to drop everything as a founder, as a CTO, as whatever, and you all just need to sell. It's as simple yeah. as that. And if you don't like selling, then you know yeah. like and bring someone in who just likes selling
1: i actually completely agree and i would say if you're a, a founder that's in that sort of semi-dire position don't call me don't call a marketing expert get on the phone and sell 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 that is your number one priority and then when you have a little bit more stability when you've got some bootstrapping going on or you've got a six-month runway plus, then call someone in to do marketing, growth, scalability stuff. But don't call me right now. Call potential clients, get on the phone and sell your product because you know I can't turn your business around in three months. I might be able to do it in four, five, six, but I'm not doing it in three. So get on the blower.
0: Yeah. And 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 get face to face and get on LinkedIn and and speak to everyone that you can within your sector or without your sector or people that you know say right how what is your sales process or how can you sell how do you sell more than me like what do you do oh well you know we do brilliant okay i'm going to try that like but that's like you can do that in a day you can change the way that you sell within a day you can within a week you will have worked out what sort of works what doesn't work and then you just keep building from there And your ultimate, ultimately you have to make sales like you've, you've said. So if you're not a salesman or woman or person, um, you know, learn, read books, listen to podcasts, listen to like, there's so many books out there about, you know, just pick one and, Mm. um, you know, learn to sell. And, and again, it takes a day to learn to sell. Obviously it takes a long time to get, get good at it, but you know, You've, you've just got to do it. And if you don't want to do it, your company's just going to go bust. I, I um, was lucky enough to go to the Sheffield Wednesday game. I don't know if you follow football. Um, mm. But they were 4-0 down in the playoffs from the first leg. And they came back and won. And I was at Hillsborough to, to watch it. It's absolutely amazing. Like, they, they got back to 4-4 four, four, uh, um, full-time. Then the uh, Peterborough scored first an extra time but then chef Wednesday got one back and then it went to penalties and they scored all the penalties it was just it, it, an atmosphere like nothing else and then there's a massive pitch invasion I got I, the reason why I thought of it was I got pictures of that and it was just like these people obviously I didn't support anyone I just just got obviously I was supporting chef Wednesday because who I was with was supporting chef Wednesday but um yeah it was just absolutely amazing what an atmosphere um and, wow. and things like that again they just take you away from business and you just like even though you get that euphoria and you see these people, we had a guy in front of us. He was brilliant, huge guy, like tall, not fat. And, um, he had really like fiery ginger hair. And every time chef Wednesday got a throw in or a corner, he was up and he was like cheering. And he was like, brilliant. It was like, they would just scored, but he was so involved and so passionate about, it. I, just, I was just like, this is amazing. And, and I think that's got how you've got to be about your business. Cause if you're not there, like, if you're not, Getting a sale and jumping up and down like this is brilliant. Like obviously you're then on to the next one. But you know, you've got to take those small victories. And if mm-hmm. you're not taking them and enjoying them, and it's just seen as a chore that you've got again, we go back to the, the three to six months left to to live as a business. You've got to take, you get something in, it's brilliant. You ask for referrals. Do you know any other agents who might might be interested in this? actually you know i you've just sold it to one office or whatever yeah we've got like five or six in our sister company that that might be interested. okay brilliant referral mm-hmm. and it, it's things like that in the sales process that people don't think of referrals is the best way to make money best yeah. way to make money. and obviously the more people you speak to as long as you're doing it right the more referrals you're going to get and so the more yeah. business you're going to get and it's just uh it just rolls obviously that's not saying for everyone because you've got to have a product that they want but you know you're still if you ask if you don't ask you're not going to get and it comes back to the thing with the acronyms and the grammar and the, all that sort of stuff if you don't ask you, you you're not going to get yeah. and ask anybody it doesn't matter who you ask yeah As, ask 50 people you're going to get different views and stuff like that but at the end of the day you get like 10 replies back then you're laughing are not you
1: that's very true and i always tell people when I, when I tell them, you yeah, go and ask your customers this thing or that thing, and they go, oh, well, no one replied. And I go, okay, great, you learned something. You learned they're not interested in that thing you thought they would be really interested in. That's important.
0: <laughs> you yeah, never yeah. Can
1: go from an exercise like that without learning something important. It's always compelling to do that. And so whatever you need to do to find out what you need to know,
0: just go for it
1: because I, no answer is an answer.
0: Yeah. And and, and and that's not a negative. That's a small win. That's a throw in that you should yep. be celebrating because, you know, you now know that this particular messaging or this particular whatever, no one has any interest in like, you know, but until you ask, you don't know, do you? That's why you did your split testing. And, and, you know, so now you learned. you didn't get anything from well, you did, you got knowledge from it, but you didn't get paying customers from it. But you learned so much that you can then tell your clients to do. And then it gives you again, almost a sale, you know, I know, almost a sales process when it comes to advertising It's not going to work for everybody because again you've got to have the right product but the more you do it the more you learn and you yeah. can do it cheaply it's not like a big expense no like you only need to run it for you know a few days or whatever and again i don't know the yeah. cost but it, it can
1: I've, be. I've been doing how long have i been doing this for coming up on a year i've spent 200 pounds on advertising
0: yeah it's good <laughs> i've spent nothing
1: There you go, that's even better, right?
0: (laughs) Time, podcasts, time, editing, right? I suppose if we look at, you know, obviously- Yeah,
1: we have spent money on the podcast.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Uh, again, that's almost a business in itself that we'll have, you know, we've learned from and and built. And uh, again, we've asked so many people and I think, you know, we need to have a conversation about this really, but I think there's a different angle that we can actually go at it with. Um, Now we're a bit more established um but uh yeah i think there's some some really good stuff there and we we've learned so much from that and you know we've a couple of people have paid us to do some advertising and you know we've got more money coming in than we've got coming out even if that's a negligible amount like it's still a uh, yeah exactly it's still a throw in um yeah. so celebrate it um yeah. but yeah no i love that guy in front of me he's brilliant and when they actually won like it was just like it was like his head was going to explode
1: <laughs> that's so, awesome
0: yeah Uh, yeah it's good cool Um, are we done? I think so yeah thanks for joining us on the PropTech Growth Podcast to learn more you can find us on LinkedIn or email proptechpodcast at iCloud.com see you next time